This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. It is 5.08. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Lynn and Sharmila. And it is time again for Popit Popit Parliament, where we bring you highlights from today's sitting of the Day One Rakyat. So today's session started off with a question on cooking oil. Uh, Machang MP Dato Ahmad Jazlan Yaakob wanted to know whether subsidies for bottled pure cooking oil would be continued until the end of the year in order to help decrease the people's burden caused by the hike in the cost of uh, raw materials. Deputy Minister of Domestic Trade and Consumer Affairs Datuk Rosul Wahid reiterated the government's decision to abolish the subsidy for cooking oil products because that started the start of this month, but said that the government was continuing to subsidise cooking oil in 1kg polybag packages. In response to the Padang Sarai MP, Karupaya Mutusami's question on how much these subsidies have cost, Russell said that the total subsidies for cooking oil in 1kg, 3kg and 5kg containers has amounted to about 380 million ringgit and that doesn't include gas, petrol, sugar and other items. Untuk makluman, subsidi yang diberi oleh kerajaan untuk minyak masak 1, 3 dan 5 kilogram uh, sehingga Jun 2022, kerajaan membelanjakan ataupun memfotokan sebanyak 382,102,451 ringgit 71 sen. Itu untuk sebelah bulan saja. Ini untuk minyak saja. Untuk barang-barang lain, untuk gas, untuk uh, petrol, untuk uh, gula dan sebagainya lebih banyak lagi. Ini untuk sebelah bulan saja lebih daripada 382 juta. Itu maklumat yang saya ada. Ya betul. Terima kasih. That was Deputy Minister of Domestic Trade and Consumer Affairs, Dato' Rosal Wahid. Next, we head to an interesting discussion about the issue of cosmetic product sellers using the professional title doctor when advertising their products and brands on social media. This was something that was brought forward by Jarai MP Sabri Azit. So Deputy Health Minister Dato' Dr. Noor Azmi Ghazali said that this isn't allowed and that regulatory action like advertising warnings as well as the pulling of products will be taken against these groups if they were found to be making medical claims on cosmetics products. Nasi itu merujuk pada guideline for cosmetic advertisement yang dikeluarkan oleh NPRA, penggunaan gelaran profesional seperti doktor tidak dibenarkan. Tindakan regulatory seperti amaran iklan dan pembatalan notifikasi kosmetik akan diambil sekiranya kosmetik didapati diiklankan dengan tuntutan perubatan ataupun tuntutan yang melampau skop uh, takrifan kosmetik. Berdasarkan satu test statistik uh, 2021 sehingga Jun uh, tahun ini, 1,775 iklan kosmetik telah dipantau, 283 telah diberi amaran dan 104 kosmetik telah dibatalkan status notifikasinya. Selain itu, pihak KKM juga sentiasa menjalankan tindakan pemeriksaan dan operasi serbuan secara berterusan ke atas premis dan penjual termasuk di media sosial untuk mengekang uh, penjualan ini. Syarikat yang tidak uh, mengikut undang-undang akan disiasat dan akan didakwa di mahkamah di bawah Akta Jualan Dadah 1992. KKM melalui bahagian pengat kuasa farmasi telah menerima sebanyak 86 aduan mengenai penjualan kosmetik tidak bernotifikasi dan sejak 2021 sehingga Jun 2022. Berdasarkan pengesahan aduan yang dilakukan, 444 premis telah diserbu dengan rampasan RM4,338,629. RM4,338,629. 
Sekiranya penjualan melibatkan orang profesional seperti doktor, maka maklumat akan disalurkan kepada badan profesional yang mengawal selia amalan doktor untuk tindakan selanjutnya. The Deputy Minister also said that cosmetic and medicinal products that contain ingredients that are health hazards would be recalled from the market within 24 hours, explaining that products would be classified uh, according to different levels. At level 1, products would be withdrawn from all consumers. Level 2, however, is a recall from all supply locations like hospitals, pharmacies and clinics. And level 3 meant that it would be withdrawn all the way backwards from all wholesalers and distributors. Jika kita dapati ada produk kosmetik ataupun ubat-ubatan yang mengandungi bahan-bahan bahaya eh, ataupun barang-barang terlarang eh, seperti hydroquinone, eh, tetinoin, mercury dan sebagainya memang ada ada rampasan yang dibuat maka kita akan meminta syarikat ini untuk membuat panggil balik dipanggil callback panggil balik produk-produk ni di lapangan jika mereka boleh buat secara sukarela ataupun arahan daripada KKM dan juga Jika mereka tidak diberikan tahap atau paras, maka mereka syarikat-syarikat ini perlu mengujudkan satu jatuh kuasa untuk memberikan tata cara yang detail bagaimana dia nak handle perkara ini. Tansiah betul, maksud saya macam ini, jika ada bahan terlarang yang sangat berbahaya, maka pada tahap satu dia kena buat panggil balik, callback aktiviti panggil balik ini dalam tempoh 24 jam. Ataupun kalau risikonya kecil, maka dalam tempoh 72 jam, tahap dua. Dan tahap tiga, iaitu dalam masa 30 hari dan parasnya parasnya di mana kita nak panggil Tan Sri yang dibetul kita kita nak syarikat ni membuat uh, panggil balik callback ni kepada uh, satu pada tahap paras pertama ialah untuk semua pengguna maknanya pengguna yang akhir kita kena callback sebab sangat bahaya ataupun yang keduanya paras kedua kita memanggil semua yang meng, yang mengeluarkan produk ni contohnya hospital klinik dan sebagainya dan yang ketiganya Pemanggil balik ini, panggil balik ini kita lakukan kepada syarikat-syarikat yang menghilang dan mengedarkan perkara ini. That was Deputy Health Minister Dato Dr Nor Azmi Ghazali. Lumut MP Dato Hatta Ramli then brought up how other media platforms like radio have also promoted not just cosmetics but supplements and asked whether the government has evaluated and done anything on this. So the Deputy Minister said that if these promotions used a doctor's title to endorse these products, the government would then take action against them. Let us know, have you seen or heard um, cosmetic products being sold by quote-unquote doctors? You can call us 777-332-900, WhatsApp 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. Next, Beaufort MP Datuk Sri Aziza Dun posed a question on what the government was doing to ensure that first-time home buyers wouldn't be burdened with bank loan repayment charges because of delayed housing projects being made worse post-pandemic. So the Deputy Minister of Housing and Local Government, Dato Sri Ismail Mutalib, said that the government has granted an exception period to developers uh, for them to move the date forward based on certain conditions. For homeowners, the government has given them a six-month moratorium, which extends to a targeted moratorium of three months. He said that this would help homeowners restructure their payments. Menyedari kebanyakan projek perumahan yang sedang berjalan tidak dapat disiapkan mengikut tempoh seperti termaktub dalam perjanjian jual-beli PJB, kerajaan telah memberikan tempoh pengecualian kepada pemaju projek-projek tersebut di bawah Akta 829 dan Akta A1641 oleh Jabatan Perumahan Negara KPKT berdasarkan justifikasi yang dibenarkan. Pemberian tempoh pengecualian ini menyebabkan tarikh serahan milik kosong yang asal berubah kepada tarikh baru. Senarai pemaju memperoleh kerusan pengecualian uh, tempoh perintah kawalan 
pergerakan bagi pemajuan yang terjejas kerana penularan wabak COVID boleh dimuat naik dan melalui laman sesawang Kementerian Perumahan dan Kerajaan Tempatan. Bagi membantu meringankan beban rakyat yang telah membeli rumah tetapi terbeban dengan bayaran pembiayaan bulanan dalam tempoh pandemik COVID-19, Kerajaan menerusi Bank Negara Malaysia telah melaksanakan pemberian moratorium menerusi institusi kewangan bagi tempoh enam bulan dan dilanjutkan kepada moratorium bersasa untuk tempoh tiga bulan atau pengurangan bayaran ansuran sebanyak 50% selama enam bulan. Melalui inisiatif ini, rakyat boleh melaksanakan konstrukturan semula pembiayaan yang dibuat. Pontian MP Datuk Sri Ahmad Mazlan followed this up by saying that the government has to take stern action against developers who are unable to complete housing projects on time and that they should be brought to court. He said these companies are considered to have cheated buyers um, by failing to meet deadlines. Saya ingin mencadangkan, Datang Speaker, syarikat-syarikat uh, yang melaksanakan projek tapi tidak berupaya ini disenarai hitamkan dan uh, oleh kerana mereka juga dianggap sebagai menipu uh, rakyat dan pengguna mula-mula uh, apabila Atlan bukan main lagi boleh siap dalam masa tiga tahun dan sebagainya tapi tak siap bawa mereka ni ke mahkamah dan pengadilan dan pastikan mereka membayar balik uh, kepada pengguna-pengguna yang uh, menjadi mangsa kepada projek rumah sakit ini senarai hitam dan bawa ke mahkamah so the Deputy Minister responded by saying that action had already been taken against companies who failed to fulfill conditions set in the agreement. Sebenarnya pandangan yang cukup baik dan tindakan-tindakan undang-undang memang kita ambil. Termasuk terhadap syarikat-syarikat yang telah melanggar perjanjian yang mereka lakukan. Dan kerana ini bukan sahaja menjelaskan kepada pembeli rumah tapi juga memberikan kerugian kepada kerajaan. Kerana apabila kita memulihkan rumah ini dengan memberi kepada syarikat yang berkekuatan dan keupayaan sebagai penyelamat, maka sudah itulah kita terpaksa menampung sedikit tambahan peruntukan. Jadi terima kasih yang amat. Mungkin saya ada maklumat-maklumat, mungkin saya akan bekalkan kepada yang amat tentang berapakah tindakan yang telah kita ambil kepada syarikat-syarikat yang ingkar janji yang bukan sahaja merugikan kepada pembeli tetapi kepada negara keseluruhan. Terima kasih. Terima kasih. That was Deputy Minister of Housing and Local Government, Datu Sri Ismail Mutalib. Let us know, have you been affected by this? I mean, did you buy a house only to have the construction or the project postponed because of the pandemic? And what else do you think should be done to address this issue of delayed housing projects? Call us, 7733-2900, WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at PFM Radio. Moving on, Parit Bunta MP Datuk Sri Mujahid Yusof Rawa asked about the number of employers who are allegedly not complying with the new minimum wage requirement of 1,500 ringgit a month, which was implemented on the 1st of May this year. Minister of Human Resources Datuk Sri M. Saravanan said that his ministry had been conducting random checks on employers since the order kicked in. So far, uh, let's see. Up till June 30th, there have been 20,452 checks and 3,049 workplaces inspected. They had received 157 complaints and investigations found that 118 employers were in breach of this order, but none of them have been charged yet. He went on to say that advice had been given to these employers and if this isn't complied with, then legal action will be taken against them. Tuan yang dipertua bagi memastikan semua pekerja di Malaysia mendapat manfaat daripada Perintah Gaji Minimum 2022, Jabatan Tenaga Kerja Semenanjung Malaysia sentiasa menjalankan pemeriksaan berkanun atau pemeriksaan mengejut ke atas majikan. 
sehingga 30 Jun 2022 sebanyak 20,452 majikan telah diperiksa. Bagi bulan Jun 2022 sahaja, sebanyak 3,049 tempat pekerjaan telah diperiksa di seluruh negara. Selain daripada itu, Jabatan Tata Kerja Semenanjung Malaysia juga akan menjalankan siasatan sekiranya aduan diterima dari pihak pekerja. Pada bulan Jun, Tenaga Kerja Semenanjung Malaysia telah menerima sebanyak 157 aduan berkaitan dengan pelaksanaan gaji perintah gaji minimum dan hasil siasatan mendapati 118 majikan tidak mematuhi perintah tersebut. Nasihat telah diberikan kepada majikan untuk mematuhinya sekiranya gagal tindakan perundangan akan diambil ke atas mereka. That was Minister of Human Resources, Datuk Sri M. Saravanan, um, talking basically about the kinds of investigations that have taken place about the towards the minimum wage order, right? In essence, whether or not companies are actually complying. Uh, what do you make of the enforcement done for this? Um, is enough being done, I suppose, is the main question. You can call 7773 2900 WhatsApp 018 789 8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. And that is it for Popit Topics we covered included subsidies on bottled cooking oil, cosmetic products being promoted on a bunch of media platforms using the professional title doctor um, when those people did not go through any years of medical school, uh, stalled housing projects and the impact of that on buyers and the implementation and enforcement of minimum wage that started on May 1st. If you'd like to weigh in on any all of those topics, call us, 7733-2900, WhatsApp 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. Break from mediocrity, BFM 89.9. It is 5.27 and you're listening to the Evening Edition with Lynn and Sharmila. Uh, just a quick look back at basically what was covered on Popit Popit Parliament today. Quite a technical day, but actually a fair amount of ground covered. So uh, some of the stuff that was discussed included the issue of subsidies on uh, bottled oil, um, stalled housing projects, the implementation and enforcement of minimum wage, uh, as well as essentially the fact that we see cosmetic products and supplements being sold on various media platforms by quote-unquote doctors who really um, never went to medical school fundamentally. Not sure about the um, other ways in which you could come by that title, um, but as far as MD goes, not the case. And Shamila, I wanted to talk to you about that actually a little bit because I think we didn't have time earlier to discuss how it's especially egregious because it parlays on the very old and time-tested trust that people have in medical doctors. Yes, and, and I think it's very easy, isn't it, to just slap on a doctor besides your name and then use it to hawk whatever product. Um, and the truth is, unless you are the kind of person who's generally suspicious of these things, how many people are going to look up their credentials? How easy is it to look up their credentials in the first place? Um, besides the fact that a lot of these products then end up not meeting any of those health claims at all, which is a whole other thing because they might in fact end up being hazardous to you. I know that this is not exactly the same in terms of enforcement, but it's the same in terms of misinformation. Um, there is this, alongside cosmetics being sold by supposed doctors, the other part, of course, are the claims that verge on the medical, that mm -hmm. aren't necessarily made by doctors, but nevertheless sound like they could be. Instead, it's sort of the product speaking directly to you and saying, here, listen to my health benefits. And, and I know that that's a different sort of misinformation, but I think it lives in the same wheelhouse. 
oh yeah, you get away with a lot by just vaguely throwing around the word toxins. Toxins can be removed by anything and can affect everything. All of which to say, um, again, let us know what, you, what you're thinking about what was covered in Parliament today, whether it's how cosmetics and supplements are marketed, especially when you kind of tumpang glamour for, for doctors and health claims and the like, or um, the issue of stalled housing projects. We're already getting messages coming through, which we'll come back to do keep it here on the Evening Edition, BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my, BFM 89.9, The Business Station.